when we did the baptism last week, I pointed out to you that baptism is about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, we looked at it in, in that light. This morning, as we do the Lord's Supper, might not be any surprise to you, but that's also about the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. And so I'd like for us just to, to think about that just for a minute before we actually uh, do the Lord's Supper. And I want us to talk about three crosses and three cups. Uh, that kind of makes it even out. But uh, when we talk about three crosses, we're talking about the three crosses that were on the hill when Jesus was crucified. Because as you know, he was crucified, he in the middle, and one other criminal on either side of them. And we don't often talk about the two other crosses. But you know, all four gospel writers tell us that there were three crosses that day, that there were two others that were uh, crucified with Jesus. And, and that is significant because you know that there are four Gospels. They were written by four different people to four different audiences. And any time all four of them talked about an incident, you know, then, then that is significant. For, for example, only two of them talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, but all four of them talk about the two thieves, one that was on both sides of Jesus Christ. And we're going to read the passage out of Luke. Luke is the only one that relates the conversation that took place between Jesus and the two thieves. Because in, in a very real way, those two crosses, one on either side, give real meaning, or extra meaning, I guess you could say, to the cross that was in the middle. So we're going to look at the two men who were crucified alongside the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the story of two men, two outlaws, two robbers, and a savior. Matthew and Mark both tell us that they were robbers. Uh, we know they were criminals because they were being, being crucified. They had been caught, they were going to be sentenced to death, or they had been sentenced to death for their crimes. But when they brought them to the place of their death, their execution, there was also a king there or at least one who claimed to be a king and so they were going to be crucified alongside one who was being crucified for claiming to be a king what, what an interesting thing it takes a person a long time to die on a cross sometimes as many as, as two or three days uh, you know that uh, they broke Jesus's or they were going to break Jesus's legs so that he would die sooner than that. Uh, but he had already passed. They didn't have to break his legs. But these men, as they hung on the cross, had conversation. They talked with one another. Uh, <coughs> as they were being executed, here, here's the passage. Luke chapter 23, beginning with verse 32. Two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the skull where they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left, one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. 
But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly say, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. The cross that was in the middle, we know who was on that cross, that was Jesus. It was the cross that we think about when we think about the cross. We sing about the cross. It's the cross that, was, that we use as a symbol for our salvation. We sing about the old rugged clock cross or the cross upon which the king of glory died for your sins and mine. You know about the middle cross. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul says, But it may, may it never be that I would boast... In other words, I don't want to be a boaster. The only thing I want to boast in, he says, is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So Paul says, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast about the cross. I'm going to boast about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and you guys know this, uh, but just let, let me remind you, you know, Jesus had come into the world to save us to save people, to save people who were separated from God, to save them from their sins. And now, at his crucifixion, he is on that cross, not for anything that he had done, but he was hanging on that cross for our sins, for your sins and my sins. He had done nothing to deserve death. But because we're sinners, Jesus Christ was on that cross. You know, criminals are executed because of their guilt Jesus was executed because of our guilt and that's why we boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ you know Jesus who had been born 33 years previously uh, he was born not as any other child he was born as God in the flesh he was God with us he was called Emmanuel And so from the very beginning, we knew that Jesus Christ had become flesh and lived among us. And so what 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 I want you to understand, it wasn't as if somebody in the distant future from this day somehow or another got together and had a conference and voted and decided that Jesus was divine. He wasn't just a normal person. He was divine. From the very beginning, he was Emmanuel, God with us. He taught and healed. He forgave sin as only God could have done. He told his followers when he was on earth that he was the Messiah and he had done things to show them that it was so. He had brought the dead to life. He had cast the demons into the sea. Someday he told them he would cast the demons into the lake of fire. He has fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah. He had taught his disciples he had attempted to prepare them for what was going to be happen. He's told them that he was going to be killed. He told them that he would be lifted up as Moses lifted the serpent up in the wilderness. And he said, in lift, being lifted up, I will draw all men to me. He told them that even though he would be destroyed, after three days he would be back stronger than ever. And now here he is. He's on the cross between the two robbers. 
Two of the people that he came to die for were with him at the cross, one on either side. And we see the, we see the drama of redemption in these passages in, in Luke. The gospel makes very clear this is our salvation. The man on the cross in the middle is the Savior of the world, there to save you from your sins. So then the question actually becomes, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the one that, that, that's, that's the big question we need to know. He died on the cross for your sins, but you get to choose whether you receive that or not. And this is played out here with those other two robbers. There's no other way that any person in any place in all of the world can ever be saved except through Jesus Christ. He is the only one who was God's gift of grace. He is the Savior of the world. The cross in the middle is salvation. The second cross I want to talk about this morning shows that you can stand right next to heaven and go to hell. You can be right next to the church and be lost. In verse 39, it says, One of the criminals who was hanging there hurled abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Luke tells us that this man was, was caught up in the abuse. Other people were abusing Christ. They were uh, yelling epitaphs at him, putting up signs over his cross, and they, they were abusing him verbally. And Luke tells us that this man was caught up in the abuse and he began to curse Jesus also. And he began to, to hurl the same kind of abuse. And as far as we know, this man was a criminal. He, he was justly convicted. And here he's using his, his last resources, his last gulps of air to hurl abuse at the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all the people who ever lived and died in our world, this man stood closer to Jesus in his death than any other. He was right there. He watched what had happened. He knew who was on the cross. He accused him of being called the Christ or the Messiah. He was unique in all of humanity that he stood so close to Jesus Christ in his death, and yet he hurled abuse at him. There are people everywhere with that attitude. He may have been the closest, but he's not the only one who hurls abuse at Jesus Christ. He's not the only one who, who accuses Christ of being something that he wasn't. When we sin and we make mistakes and when we turn away from God, and then we turn around and we blame God when things don't go right, in a lot of ways, we're, we're no different. But the most interesting thing to me is that this man was so close. He was right there. He saw it all happening. He was right next to the place of salvation. But he wouldn't believe, even seeing it all played out before him. He knew who Jesus was. He said so. He knew who he was. He knew he was a sinner. He knew that he needed help. And he was close enough to Jesus to get that help. But he refused. And so that's why I say he stood right next door to heaven and went to hell. He, he was right there. 
You know, there, there are others like that in the New Testament. Judas is one. Judas walked with Jesus. He was with Jesus. And then in the end, he betrayed the Lord Jesus. There was the rich young ruler that came to Jesus, was another, but he thought the cost of following Jesus was too much for him to pay. And, and so I guess what I want you to see is being close to Jesus is not enough. Knowing who he is, knowing the gospel, being in the church, knowing what the church is for, even preaching the gospel is not enough. It's not enough to have a mother or a wife or a child or a husband or a father. You can be so close to heaven and still miss it by rejecting the Christ, by rejecting the one on the cross in the middle. Because the criteria for our salvation is not how close we stand to the cross. It's not how close we are to the church. It's not a question of religious, religion, membership, sacraments, or works. It's simply this. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You invite him into your heart. The criminal on one side was close enough to do that, but he didn't. He had every opportunity, but he didn't choose it. The other cross shows just the opposite. I guess maybe I'm playing with the words a little bit, but still, it shows that you can be saved right at the gates of hell. You can be saved right at the end. In verse 40, the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he, Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. You know, our knowledge of the two robbers is, is identical. We don't know anything more about him than we do the other. He was a criminal. He had been caught. He was paying the supreme penalty for sin. But he saw two things very clearly. One, he saw that he was guilty. And two, he recognized the Savior. He recognized Jesus as the Savior. He recognized that day what was taking place on the middle cross. He realized that it was no ordinary execution. He saw that Jesus was no ordinary man dying for his crimes. Somehow he understood that Jesus was righteous. So after rebuking his sarcastic companion, he turned to Jesus with a plea, I think, born of faith. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He reached out to Christ at the last. I wish we knew more about him. You know, we don't know what he was guilty of. You know, Matthew says he was a robber. Um, we don't know if he had been a good person all of his life and he just did one wrong thing or if he had been evil all of his life. You know, we don't know if he had ever met Jesus before, if he had ever heard one of his sermons, if he had if he had ever been around the disciples who were there, we only know that he was dying in sin right at the gates of hell. He reached out to Christ for salvation. And Jesus gladly accepted that last-minute plea. 
he, he reached out to his companion in suffering on the cross and gave that man the most precious promise of all. Today, you shall be with me in paradise. Now, I don't recommend anybody wait until the last possible moment of his life to reach out to God. That's not the meaning of the sermon today. That's not what I'm suggesting you do. Because we can't be sure at that time. But I think it's evident here that any time at a point a man cries out to God in faith to save him, he can be saved. This guy didn't deserve to be saved. Do you agree with that? He didn't deserve to be saved. I just uh, got through reading a biography about uh, one of my childhood heroes. Uh, and I've, I've had it for a long time, and I've just put off reading it because I knew what was in it. Uh, you know, I grew up, Mickey Mantle was my favorite, but I knew he wasn't a good person. Uh, but sometimes we follow people who aren't good people. He was a good baseball player. Uh, and, and I put off reading, I, find, I finally decided that I would read it, and I read it, and uh, it, it's devastating. You know, he, he was not a good person. He was not a good person. But um, years ago, back in New Mexico, uh, I had the opportunity to play golf with one of his teammates. Uh, Bobby Richardson had been one of his teammates when he was uh, uh, with the Yankees. And I asked Bobby Richardson about it. And he said, you know, he was more fun to be around than you can imagine, but he was not a good person. He was not a good person. Uh, he, um, he was a good teammate. He was a good ball player, but he was not a good person. He was a, a womanizer. He was, a, he was an alcoholic. Uh, he said anything that came to his mind. He, he, just, he just said it no matter how ugly. He would be number one on the list in the Me Too movement if, uh, if that had been around during that time. But when he was sick, He called out to the church that he had rejected for years. And Betty and Bobby Richardson met him at the hospital and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And Bobby Richardson said that he, you know, he, he told me that, that he had done that. And then he gave me a little track that he's written. It's called Mickey, The Mick's Final Inning. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus saved him. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. But you know what? Neither do I. And neither do you. And if you're here this morning, now, since you are here this morning, <laughs> and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. Jesus paid it all. And he paid it for you. So this man stood right at the doorway to hell 
And he turned to Jesus and went to heaven instead. That's the message of the three crosses. That the cross in the middle makes the difference. I read about a young lady who had never gone to church. She had no Christian influence in her life. And she had made a pretty big mess of it. And it was on New Year's Day. And she was just walking along the boardwalk in Atlantic City, New Jersey, trying to figure out how she was going to get out of the mess she had made of her life. She said it was a cold, gloomy day, and that added to the misery of her lonely, tormented mind. She just decided that this would be a good time to end it all. And so she walked out into the Atlantic. The only thing she wanted to do less than walk into that cold water was go back and face the life that she had left behind her. She went down into the water and took a big gulp, filled her lungs, and slipped away. But she didn't die. She woke up on the beach, and her first thought was, see, I'm such a failure, I can't even commit suicide. I even messed that up. She began to walk and walk. It got dark. It got even colder. And then she walked by a church and she heard the music. And she was just struck by the urge to go inside. She had never been inside a church. She was just struck by the urge to go inside. So she stepped in and sat down on the back row. She listened intently. They were singing. She tried to join in, but she didn't know any of the words or any of the music. She listened to the happy testimonies of several people who spoke of the blessings that God had poured out on them. And then she heard the message of God's love revealed in the cross of Jesus Christ. When the service was over, she reached out to the pastor. And he counseled her and talked to her. And she confessed her sins to the Lord, opened up her life, the faith in Jesus Christ. She left the church that night a new woman. Now she didn't have immediate answers to all her problems, but she was a new person with a new friend and a new savior, and she began to deal with life one step at a time. And with God's grace, she began to grow in her new life. She enrolled in college, and now she's in seminary, preparing for a life on the mission field, helping others to know the Lord who wouldn't let her end it all in the surf on that cold New Year's Day. The cross in the center was crucial for her. She was like the thief. She found heaven there. She was saved right at the gates to hell. Folks, baptism, the Lord's Supper, is all about the cross in the center. It's all about Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. He invites us into new life in Jesus Christ. Don't be like the thief who was so close and yet missed it. And I guess really don't be like the thief that waited till the end. Be the one who receives the Savior. We never know when our last moment will be. but it's never too late to accept the grace of God given at Calvary. Let's pray together.
Father, thank you so much for the message of hope we find in the story of two men on either side of Jesus. One who got to the gates of heaven and said, no thanks. And the other who could see the gates of hell and said, please, Lord Jesus, take me with you. Father, I just